Who was ready for daylight savings this morning? <laughs> I'll be honest, because I, I can't lie up here. I most definitely was not. And I woke up and I had to really check myself, like, do I really want to wake up right now? Like, I don't think, has anyone ever felt actually prepared for this part of daylight savings? No? Thank you, I'm not alone. There's also a few other things that I just never feel prepared for. One of those is working out. Who loves working out in this room? Okay, I wish I had that. I do not. I mean, like, I like the idea of working out. I mean, you know, I like the idea of having a six-pack, and I have a six-pack. I mean, just underneath my, like, dad bod, you know? So I, I like the idea of working out, but I never feel really prepared. Like, it, it just feels inconvenient sometimes. And for those of you that work out, or at least have done it consistently at some point in your life, do you guys know what this is? If you know what it is, just shout it out right now. Yes. This is a torture device disguised as a working out device. And here's why. If you ever feel like that, man, I feel really fit. I feel really good. My cardio is high. Just jump her for 10 minutes straight, and you'll realize how unfit you actually are. Let me put this into a very clear example. I thought I could do a decent amount of working out. I thought I was pretty healthy, and then I actually had to, like, you know, jump rope. In one minute, I felt like I was dying. And I was praying, but I was praying that the workout was done. So I uh, had to do CrossFit for about a couple years. Uh, it was something that I actually really liked to do. And one of the things that we had to do was working out with a jump rope. We'd have to do like 200 rounds on the jump rope every once in a while. And it's not that bad. Like 200 is, sounds like a lot, but in reality, that's about a minute of jump roping. It's not too terrible. But then I switched gyms recently and oh, oh no, 200 rounds on the jump rope is nothing. They're like, let's do jump rope for 15 minutes straight. And I was like, do you want to kill me? So I've actually started getting a lot better at my jump roping because of this, but I decided, you know what, I want to invite my friend to work out with me. He's been my lifelong friend since college, so he came over to work out with me. And what I didn't realize is, it's not that he's, he doesn't jump rope normally. He's never jumped rope in his life. And let me tell you, when he found out that he had a jump rope for 15 minutes, he looked at me and he like had those eyes of like, we are never talking again. And he goes for one round of jump rope. And I'm going to try and act this out exactly and show you what he did. His form was not elegant. He like gets it right here and he just goes. And he literally falls flat on his face immediately. And then I notice he did something very interesting, okay? He gets up, he mutters something under his breath. And I think he like blamed the jump rope for his failure. And he goes over and gets a different jump rope. Now, he does the exact same thing, and he, like, eats the ground again. And you might think at this point, okay, well, he'll probably, like, blame the jump rope. Oh, no. My friend has resolve. He's a very smart guy. So he went over and got another jump rope. And after some point, I'm kind of in the back, and I'm like, maybe it's you? I, I mean, I love you, bro, but maybe you're the problem. By the way, don't ever say that to your friend, even if they love you. That's not really fun to say. And then I had a moment, and I really thought to myself, why would I even say that? I'm really good at noticing other people's issues, at noticing other people's problems. But then I just had a reminder to myself, man, there were years where I could not do a single jump rope. 
And I thought I was good and I couldn't do it. And every single time I tried and I failed, I blame it on someone else. I blame it on the jump rope. Well, I'm too tired. The workout's too hard. I don't know why this is it. It's not my fault. It's someone else's fault. And for years, I would just blame other people for my lack of ability, for my incompetence, for my inexperience. But it's never my fault. It's someone else's fault. So in that moment, when I see him blaming the equipment for something that is really user error, after I jump down his throat for it, I kind of realize, don't we all do that? Don't we all have a moment where we're so quick to judge? We're, it's so easy to catch everyone else on their excuse. It's so hard to catch yourself. So this week, we're continuing a series called Paper Walls trying to move beyond the excuses that you live behind. And I think the, the best thing about this is that, I don't know about you, maybe, look, I sat in a few of these sermons, I sat in all of them, and I heard these sermons, and my first thought was, this is for this person right here. Does anyone else have that, have that feeling? No one else? Okay, you're all holier than me, thank you. <laughs> I just had this thought of like, man, I hope this person's in here, they gotta hear this. Or, ooh, if this person can move past their excuses, they're going to be so much better. And then I had to point the finger at me and think, well, what about me? When will I move past my excuses? So I just want to start off with a very simple question. You don't have to answer it. Just think about it for a second. It's really easy. When will we stop lying to ourselves? Or how about this? Maybe that's a bit too harsh. When will you stop lying to yourself right now? Like, do you even realize that you're lying to yourself? Now, maybe you're in the room, you're like, I, I don't lie to myself at all. Well, hate to be the bearer of bad news, but you just did. Everyone lies to themselves. Just some people are really good at admitting it. But here's where this gets really interesting, though, okay? We can tell really easily when one person's lying to us. We can also kind of tell when we say a lie to someone else, it's completely different, and it's much harder to say, okay, I just lied to myself. Why is that? Why is it such an issue? Well, I think one reason is because we don't actually call it that. We don't actually say it's a lie. Well, that, you know, that's too harsh. We just call it something else. We, you know, we're just, we have excuses. But in reality, everyone else has excuses and everything that we think and everything we believe is perfectly right and we have no issues whatsoever. So we don't actually say that what we have are excuses. They're just reasons. Usually it starts with this phrase, because. Why were you late? Well, because the traffic was bad. The traffic was bad, said the person that just woke up late. Well, why did you do this? Why did you do that? Because this, because that. The funny thing is that your because is not the cause. And if you keep trying to hide the real reason, you're just hiding behind a paper wall. And everyone can see it. Everyone knows I'm still here. And this isn't going to hold anything up. It's literally made of paper. I could punch through this if I wanted to. There is no structural support here. But we act like that if we make an excuse, no one can see it. And in the same way that we can tell so easily that someone has an excuse and they're hiding behind it, everyone can see yours. So, sorry if I broke the ice a little bit. But here's the thing. I don't think 
that we are designed to come here, live our life, and not grow at all. I think that God has something for us. And unfortunately, it's usually uncomfortable. So let's just admit for a moment, we're all a little bit uncomfortable here. I'm uncomfortable on stage. We're all good. And let's just continue. Why do we do this? Here's one question I want to ask, and this is kind of going to be the central theme. Is it possible that you're missing out on life, on growth, on what God has for you because you've walled yourself in? Is it possible that you are missing out because you walled yourself in? And maybe, let's be honest, maybe your wall isn't really as bad as someone else's wall. I mean, really, it's just a white lie. It's like 90% of the truth. It's not really that big of a deal. I mean, this person really hurt me. And I understand that. And we'll get to them at some point. Don't worry. But let's talk about you for a second. Why do you make excuses? And let's, let's call it as it is. Why do we lie? And why do we lie to ourselves? And why can't we say that it's a lie? And why is this a big issue? Should we even talk about this in church? Are we even allowed to mention this? Is it that big of an issue? Well, here's why I think it's a big issue. Because there's a relationship between your excuses and your ability to follow Jesus. And (laughs) some of you are not going to like this. You can't hold Jesus in one hand, hold your excuses in another, and think that there's going to be no issues. One's going to drag you one way or the other, and you got to give up one. And look, I'm a youth pastor. I've been in youth ministry for about five years, three years as a pastor, two years as an intern. I've seen a lot of things. And the funny thing that I've noticed is that we almost are way better at holding on to our excuses than Jesus. We can make excuses all day and all night. I can make excuses for every little thing. But when someone asks me a question about Jesus, oh, uh, uh, well, um, mm. But excuses, I got a hundred of those and a thousand the next day. You know, there's an interesting story of the Crusades. Kind of an uncomfortable talk, thing to talk about in church, but whether you agree that the Crusades are right or wrong is not the point of this. It's this. Before the knights would go off into battle, they baptize themselves, but not every part of them. They'd baptize their entire body except for their sword. And it's almost as if to say, God, you could have everything right here, but this I'm holding on to. I'm keeping this violence. This is for me. I think sometimes we do the same with our excuses. We'll give God 95% of our life, and the moment that someone pokes a hole at the other 5%, well, because of this, because of that, We all know it. We all do it. And unfortunately, everyone can see when everyone else is doing it. And the sad thing is that if you live your life long enough and you don't check it, your excuse can become the king of your life. And it can rule every aspect of what you do. Everything you do can be based on a lie. Thank you for coming to church today. Is it possible that you are missing out because you walled yourself in? The sad truth is that lies will hold you back. 
and not necessarily the lies that you tell other people. We'll talk about that one day. Not necessarily what they tell about you. We'll talk about that one day as well. We're talking about the lies that you tell yourself of why you're doing what you're doing. Maybe, for example, one day when your kids were born, you promised that you would not be like your dad was. And then 10 years later, you say the exact same things that your dad does. And when it does happen, oh, well, it's someone else's fault. It's my wife's fault. Lies will hold you back. What are your excuses today? What are you holding on to? Do you even realize you have excuses? Do you realize that you're even lying to yourself? You know, I, I got really fascinated into this one show. So we had family come over like six days ago. And occasionally I just get into these like cycles where I just want to watch a show. And we chose to watch the most happy, fun show ever. It's called Hoarders. <laughs> yes. And the first part of me, we're watching the show and I'm like, I don't necessarily know if I want to watch this. And it's the weirdest thing ever. You just get sucked in. And the episodes are an hour and 30 minutes, but you're like, I got to see what happens next. I just got to know how they get the trash out. Now, for those of you that have never seen Hoarders, I actually have a photo for you guys. Uh, can you put that photo up there? That was one lady's house that I saw. Here's what you don't understand. That's the entrance. And in order to get to the rest of the house, that's six feet of trash. You have to climb over that trash and get through. Now, what makes the show interesting is not necessarily the taking out the trash. I mean, we do that every single day, and we don't have film cameras watching us. What's really interesting is that they have people here, like this lady right here, this is her house, and they are so committed to what they do. They believe so thoroughly that what they are living in, there's no issue. And the show is smart because they don't just say, hey, we're taking out your trash. They'll get a psychologist on there, they surround them with family, and they try to tell this person, hey, this is not right. Because the issue with hoarding in this show is not necessarily removing the trash, it's killing the, the trait that caused it. Because if you don't, they'll just fill up the house again. And what's so interesting is that every single time, without fail, the person says that they want to be, they want to get rid of this trash, that they're ready to move on. And then when push comes to shove and someone takes out one piece of a rotten pizza, no kidding, it's like walls go straight up. Well, we can't get rid of that. And everyone can see it's an issue. Their entire family can see it's an issue. The psychologist is telling them this is not healthy. Everyone knows it. And this person has lied to themselves for so long that's become king in their life. And it's holding them back from what they could be, from having a clean house, from having a clean life. Are you hiding behind a wall of lies? And here's the thing. Maybe you don't see it. And here's the second question. Have you walled yourself off so far that no one else can tell you you're hiding behind it? Have you surrounded yourself with walls so high up that when someone tells you that you might be in the wrong, walls up. You can't even have a conversation. What are the lies that you're telling yourself? And once again, do you even realize that you're telling yourself lies? Now, Jesus thought this was a big deal. Now, I always want to go back to Scripture. So what did Jesus say about this? Well, in John 8, 12 through 13, he goes like this. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, 
but they'll have the light of life. That's pretty cool. But then he continues later on in verses 31 and 32, and he says this incredibly profound statement. If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples, and then this, this is the kicker. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And the ironic part about this statement is that the moment that he actually said this to the Jews, the, the response was incredible. The Jews were like, we do not need to be set free. We are the sons of Aaron. We're the sons of Moses. We have no issues. Why would you have to say we have, we have to be set free? We're not slaves to anyone. And as they're currently saying this, they're under Roman occupation. They're literally slaves right now. We're not slaves to anyone. And if you look throughout Israeli history, they've been slaves constantly throughout the Bible. They were slaves to the Egyptians, to the Babylonians, to the Medo-Persians. But notice that when Jesus tries to get to the truth of the matter, they just wall themselves up with an excuse. We've never been slaves. It's not our fault. Could it possibly be that you're doing the same thing? Well, this person did this to me, and I understand that, and what they did probably really hurt badly, and I'm not trying to argue that, okay? But is it possible that you're using an excuse to stop what God wants to do in your life? And what does he want to do? This is the best part. Usually when we tell an excuse, it excuses us from loving others. So when you put up your, uh, your paper wall, when you start giving out an excuse, usually it's your way of getting yourself out of doing the big commandment that God told us to do. Love your, the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Who's your neighbor? Everyone. Well, they hurt me. Again, I get that. Well, you don't know what they did. No, I don't. You'll never know. I'll never fully understand your situation. I can't. But I can tell you this. Jesus did. He knows everything you've ever been through. And he himself forgave the people that were killing him. Jesus forgave us of all of our sin, all of our debt. And the Bible says that that sin is had the wages of sin, the cost of that is death, and we all sin. Maybe you don't necessarily believe that. Let me just point you to a few quick scriptures. 1 John 1.8. This is, this is going to be a little painful for you guys, so just get ready for a second. 1 John 1.8. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not within us. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe I have sin, but... Is it really that big of a deal? I'm not a slave to it. Okay. John 8, 34. Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. So I've noticed that usually when we make excuses, we try to remove ourselves from loving others. It's because we forget that we're all sinners. We forget that Jesus died for all of us. The same amount of blood that's on my hands is on yours. We all deserve grace. We all deserve freedom. Who are we to withhold that? Who are we to give excuses? What is your excuse that you've been saying? 
They don't deserve it. Yes, they do. They, des- they don't deserve it, but you've been called to do something greater. Here's the sad part. The reason why Jesus says that he has come to set us free, it's because we need it. We need to be set free from sin. We need to be set free from everything that we've ever done, whether you've known it or not. And he did that 2,000 years ago on the cross. He died the death that you deserved so that you can live the life that he gives us for free. It's an unearned gift. He gave it to you for free. So if he gives us eternal life when we deserve death, then who are we to not forgive others? No matter what they've done, no matter how long they've hurt you. I'm not saying it's easy. It's difficult. But we're commanded to love others the way that Christ loved us. And Christ gave his all for us. To quote Jesus, will you love your enemies? Do good to those that hurt you? Or maybe that person doesn't deserve it. But here's the sad thing. We all can see what's really happening here. And here's the best part. There's so much greater. Living behind a paper wall just adds anxiety, just adds concern. And we're, when you're able just to like, I'm going to see if I can do this. this I messed up, this up this first service. Let's see if I can do this. I, I did it. Ah! I can do anything. When you're able to break through the paper wall, that's literally holding you off from completing God's plan. There's such a release. It's so different. You literally have freedom. It is the greatest thing that you could ever feel. Why don't you want that? So, I'm going to ask some very poignant questions. These are going to get to the root of the matter. I do this all the time at youth, and the youth students hate it. (laughs) So consider these questions. Don't answer them out loud. Just think about this for a second. Do you know you have excuses, and do you realize that you use them? Are you willing to admit that you've lied to yourself? And are you willing to admit that you might be lying to yourself right now, that you haven't lied to yourself? Have you given God everything? And when I say everything, 100%. No cutting corners. Everything. Have you given God everything? And the final one, do you have someone that can speak in your life, that can tell you when you're wrong, and the kicker, will you listen? You tell that to a youth group, and they're like, I don't want to listen. Because it's hard, and it's painful, and it's vulnerable. And it exposes who we really are, that sometimes we have these three big fears. I'm helpless, I'm alone, and I'm not enough. But with Christ, you're not alone. He's there with you. You're not helpless. He'll provide everything you need. And yeah, you're not enough. He is. So no matter what you're going through, no matter what you've struggled with, Break through that paper wall. And what does that look like? That looks like forgiving that person when you have a thousand reasons not to. That looks like living a life where you're going to serve as many people as you can because Christ served you first. 
That looks like choosing others above yourself, even when you're tired, even when you don't want to, and recognizing that sometimes you need to say, it's my fault. I'm wrong. I'm sorry. That is living a life without excuse. I'll be honest, it's really hard. It's difficult for me. Dan, you guys can come on up. Uh, It's an extremely hard thing to do. Because for once in your life, maybe for the first time, you'll come face to the face with the reality of who God is and who we are. And it's uncomfortable. But I can, I can tell you from personal experience, it, it is life-changing. My first year in college, I thought I had everything figured out. I had, a, I had a plan of when I wanted to be a pastor, when I wanted to be hired, who I wanted to be hired by. It's going to preach to the millions of people in the world, man. And then my very first week of college, I had a meeting with one of the leaders and I gave an excuse and she called me out immediately. She's like, that's an excuse. Stop lying to yourself. What's the real issue? Now, mind you, really uncomfortable, not a lot of fun. And we got to the real deep part. Why I was giving excuses. I didn't feel like I was enough. And I decided from that moment, that day, I don't know how, I don't know why, I don't know where I'm going to get the strength, but instead of giving excuses, I'm going to try and follow God with everything I am. And the very next day, I absolutely failed. (laughs) Pick yourself back up. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's going to be a cakewalk. In fact, I'll be honest, if someone has told you that following Christ is going to be the easiest thing ever, they're wrong. It's not easy, but it's so fulfilling. It's so rewarding. And I can look back at all my time, all my years. I can think, man, Jesus has been so good. He's given me everything that I have. And I'm so blessed. And it all started one day when I just broke through a paper wall and said, you know what? No longer, no more. I'm not going to hide behind my excuses. I'm going to live for Jesus. I'm going to give him everything. There are no second chances. I'm not holding on to anything else, 100%. Was it easy? No. Did I mess up constantly? But I can tell you now, my life is so much better now. I feel so much more free than I did five years ago. So I don't know what you're going through. Now, I understand people can hurt you deeply to the core. People you expected to never hurt you before. People you confided and entrusted in. And I'm not here to deny that. What I'm here to say is that there's something greater that you need to do. Get rid of the excuse. Move forward with your life. There's so much more. There is so much more that God has for you. You can't grab it when you're hiding behind a paper wall. Here's the thing. I say this almost every week at youth group. That's your choice. I can't force you to do it. That's up to you. But I can promise you this. If you take a step towards God, you'll find him one day. And he'll change everything. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for today. This is hard. Um, this is something that so oftentimes we try to skirt around and not even hit the real issue here, but this is deep. 
So often we lie to ourselves and we cover it up and we blame everyone else for our issues, but no more, no longer. Today, God, I pray that we just give you every excuse that we have and we start living full on for you. Remove the excuses from our life. And Lord, give us clarity on where we have held on to things and not have given them to you. Lord, I thank you for what you've done, but Lord, I praise you for what you're about to do. Amen. This next song, uh, it's actually, <laughs> thank you. This uh, next song is a, a very special one, actually. I, I found it about two years ago. Um, and it's really reflective. It, it's a good song just to really think, man, God, where have I given you everything? Do I trust you? Do I fully, do I fully trust you? So today we're going to be doing something a little bit different. I've, I have these questions. I'm going to read them once again. Do you know that you have excuses? Are you willing to admit that you've lied to yourself? Have you given God everything? And do you have someone that can speak into your life and will you listen? And as the band plays a song, as we listen to them, as we read the lyrics, just think and just deeply reflect on these questions and just ask God, like, where have I not given you everything? So as the band plays, let's just sit in reflection in this moment. 